Hey, now yes, we we're live. Now we're live. All right. Thanks What's going on, everybody? Oh, isn't that interesting? My camera doesn't want to work. Huh. Son of a no guy. camera oh, tonight? Oh, there you go. Hey, hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the set. I thought that's so funny. Somebody recently was like, I had like a private tutorial with them, and they were actually like seriously going, Whoa, cool. That's actually the set from the show, isn't it? The I'm set? Like, hey, this is my home. <laughs> Nice. Anyway, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't talked to you guys in a bit. Anyway. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, so I'm sorry we didn't make it last week. Just kind of had some seriously busy stuff going on at the Coinage offices. Couldn't make it. Um, and to compound that, I, I quit smoking last week. So oh, I was wow. a wreck. I was an absolute wreck. This is and, a, uh, two years, two years as of August. I've been oh, congrats. So I yeah, got to get on, rid of this next. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on like 11 days and I did the Chantix thing. So no, I'm, weaning, good, good. I'm weaning myself off of Chantix now. So take it easy, see? One, one, yeah. one day at a time, right? One, yep, one exactly, exactly. So I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm just keeping busy. Um, I got one of these gimmicky things. So that keeps me busy. No, but hey, that's not a bad idea. We could get, you know, some fidget spinners printed up and send those out. That would be awesome. In fact, Maybe. I've got a lot of people on the site because actually I'm wearing, um, I, oh, Brian's going to strip show. I'm wearing my old uh, prop uh, trader uh, uniform. Nice. When you get funded, you get one of these, uh, these uh, funded shirts. So I was wearing that for the site today in today's video, but uh um, and a lot of people are asking for sort of TRI swag. Swag? I think that's what you call it, right? Swag? Yeah, we call it swag. Um, and and didn't and you were sporting a really cool Quinnage shirt. What kind of? Yep. Yeah, we have uh, we have some T-shirts and some but like I mentioned, you know, we only have like two of the button downs. But at some point, um, once we finally get around to it, we'll have those up for sale. Um, I think we do have. That would be really cool. Would be yeah, a yeah. Bill and a Rob bobblehead. That oh, would be man. awesome. <laughs> I don't know about it. You got to get in on that too. We got to have a Brian bobblehead. And oh, that would be that would be so choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't. I don't know if we're at the bobblehead level. Going, uh, are these? Is this a show about cryptocurrencies? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Hey, hey what's Alex up? Made it. Yo, you guys hear me? We can hear you loud I'm and clear. Here. Awesome. Are you so? Are you in Ontario? Or are you here on the West Coast still? Uh no. I got. I flew back on Sunday. Oh, oh okay. You're back. Yeah. Uh, back amongst the living, eh? Yeah. No. Like I went to an awesome uh, conference in Toronto on Monday uh, with the uh, Tapscots and a bunch of uh, other businesses. No, it turned out really good. Green tie? Huh? Green tie? Uh, no, I, I wasn't dressing to impress. I was just kind of um, attending. I, I went and uh, saw Alex in Vancouver when he did his uh, presentation, and uh, he, he was looking dapper. He was a good, one good looking guy. I, yeah, was, I saw I, somebody I tweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> I caught that one. I mean, there's a photo of us that, uh, you know, we got a couple good looking guys in the space, you know. Yeah, there you go. And you guys are so tall, man. Whenever I'm around you guys, I feel like I'm just a little midget. Anyway. <laughs> but this show's gone off on a funny tangent, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, are we live right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Alex. I suppose that we should talk about cryptocurrency, shouldn't we? Yeah, at some point. At some point, we'll get there. So, I think, uh, uh, 
I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, Will and I actually agreed beforehand. Will, you were going to talk a little bit about what's going on with Coinigy, so maybe I yeah, should... Yeah, just a that. couple, yeah, as far as Coinigy updates, just a couple things. Um, so we just pushed out um, a deployment so you can now track your Ethereum Classic wallets. Um, that's a big thing people have been asking for. Uh, we have quite a few wallets on the way. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know like Pivx is one and you know quite a few others. Um, uh, da, 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 what else did we recently? We recently deployed uh, btcmarkets.net, which um, for charting, so that's a an Australian exchange. So we finally have some AUD pairs on Coinigy, um, and those charts are going to be basically um, coming along shortly. They're populating uh, with data as we speak. Um, somebody's asking about the iOS app. A few people. Um, so what we're doing as far as the iOS app, tentatively we're saying quarter four 2017. So we're rebuilding the entire thing in React Native. Um, so as you guys know, as far as our Android app, that's currently a native Android app, uh, but we wanted a little bit more control. So we're basically using the same code base on Android and iOS. Um, so we're going to have a re-released Android app uh, built in React Native as well as an iOS app available towards the end of the year. So, um, and that's kind of, if you guys have seen the roadmap, that's kind of what we, the roadmap video, that's what we've been projecting essentially. So it takes quite a bit of time to get that stuff going. Um, as far as uh, everything else, that's about all that really pops in my head right now. But Well, speaking of roadmaps, uh, I did a release today of uh, the quarterly report from Ubic, all the stuff we've kind of done in the last three months since uh, the network launched and uh, some stuff that's kind of on the burners and uh, stuff that we have planned for the future. So for all intents and purposes, it is a roadmap. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's some pretty good info on there. Good for uh, you. Good deal. <laughs> That's how's on the there, uh, How's that APX uh, token going? I think um, total value, if you're still valuing a, a UBIC that he raised, he raised a million UBIC, and I think he's up to like 400 BTC or well over 400 BTC. So he's probably at like uh, 600 Bitcoin total, which is not a small amount. I think that's getting close to like 2 million Canadian. Um, then the objective? What was the objective? Uh, total supply would be a million UBQ and a million or <laughs> and a, a thousand Bitcoin. So he, he might get close to that. We got some late stage investors that are interested as we're kind of shopping around right now. I guess I'm more curious. How's the Ubic side of it going? Um, <laughs> oh, that was uh, alarm bells going off here. Don't worry. Wrong thing, bro. Ubik is fine. Ubik is fine. Uh, no, it's going really good. We made a lot, a lot of good connections um, uh, at these conferences. Like uh, I was, yeah, in Vancouver last week with Brian, but I also had meetings the entire time I was there. Uh, and then I was in Toronto on Tuesday. So. Um, yeah, overall, like I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm just kind of following up on emails, going through the business cards I collected. Um, you know, people from the universities in Vancouver uh, kind of want to have me speak at there. Um, got a, uh, the one I'm most excited about is uh, the British Columbia Securities Exchange. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> they're kind of like, yeah, Alex, we really want to work with you and uh, see, see what kind of projects we can give you the capability to build. Like, um, I'm like, oh, you want to give me a sandbox? It's like, why does everyone call it that? I'm like, because <laughs> like, you can put up four walls and say I'm only allowed to build in that, but I can build anything, right? So I don't know. 
issuing like Canadian dollars on the uh, the chain would be kind of cool. Something similar to Tether. Uh, um, we have a couple um, use cases already, like uh, token mortgages. So like uh, banks and uh, a lot of credit unions trade mortgages back and forth. So we need like a medium for exchange for that. Um, hedge funds, so I got a hedge fund that's kind of interested in talking to me. I think that's more on consulting side, but uh, who knows, it could turn something similar into like APX. But uh, a lot of traditional finance wants to get in on this. And uh, when we're offering a really stable platform with a really good dev team and a lot of reputation, um, they really want to work with us. Awesome. So that's uh, yeah, exciting, man. Yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, looking around the auto plant thinking, why am I spending too much time here? But uh, I got way more promising options. But uh, at the same time, I want GM to be like a customer of mine. So I'm kind of still buying my time here, trying to make sure like they understand what I'm working on. And, uh, you know, when they have downtime related to something I can fix, uh, it's really easy for them to drop some money on it. So. Wouldn't that be uh, well, funny if you actually are like working through the university systems and then you actually get introduced to some GM guy from this uh, and 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 you like land a deal with them and and you go oh by the way I'm working at, wait are you in Sarnia is that where you are somewhere uh, I'm, I'm near like London and uh, London yeah and Waterloo. but uh, <laughs> the funny thing is like uh, one of the guys on our team. Um, uh, Chris Hansen, so he works for SAP, and on behalf of SAP, he already went to GM headquarters in uh, Michigan oh. to speak to their R&D team and educate them on blockchain. So, like, we've already kind of met with the higher ups. Yeah. So those doors have been opened already. It's just a matter of now opening them under. Hey, the honestly, floor. Alex, the sky's the limit for a guy like you. Thanks, the, Brian. The sky is the. I mean, I, honestly, I could see it. You could literally be. You know, give you a good twenty years. You're you're definitely gonna be one of the men. I can 20 see years. It sounds, twenty years is a long time. Can we? <laughs> when you're down? my age. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. No, like already now, I'm like looking at like what. So my viewers, dad. honestly, uh, if you if you're not familiar with Alex, seriously, this guy's the shit, man. You get familiar with this guy. <laughs> Don't mean I to just, get off topic there. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to learn. That's all. <laughs> uh, you're the man. And you know what was beautiful was that because you're so pure, um, when you were standing on the stage in Vancouver, it was beautiful. You were just talking from the heart. And it was so funny. You know, uh, from a guy who's in the crypto world, you, you said a lot of cute little lines that we say on YouTube, like, oh, this, is a, this isn't a pants optional meeting. Do you remember <laughs> when you said that? And, and all the fucking, all the, all the, you know, the suits in the audience, I didn't hear anybody say anything. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I thought I heard a chuckle or two when, yeah, I said, you know, usually I'm behind a webcam talking to this many people and, uh, you know, <laughs> pants are optional, but uh, I'll see if I can cope. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm usually too. So in our community, right, everybody understands that, right? We all have a good chuckle, and it's like scores point. So, so the point I'm just saying was it was so beautiful to watch you. You were just so natural. You knew your shit, and you were just like, you know, here it is. And I could see, I mean, Ubik's ready to go. If anybody really wants to latch on, it's ready to go. So it was, it was just really interesting to see the new world being introduced to the old world and their sort of reaction, right? Remember that guy, there was one guy in the meeting and he was like, uh, yeah, but what did the establishment think of you? What did they, they're probably not very happy. <laughs> Remember that guy in the front row? Yeah, and I talked to him after the show too, or after yeah. the uh, the presentation. And, and um, I'm just like, yeah, it, 
there's always going to be the underground. And, you know, I think Bitcoin and blockchain is at a point now where anyone who says Bitcoin is a scam is really losing a lot of credibility because it's way past that point now. Like, yeah, well, they're missing the point, you know, what, what I actually see, in my opinion, for whatever it's worth is if we can ever get to these decentralized exchanges. Mm-hmm. And this is scary because, you know, Big Brother is watching these shows. But they need to understand, if we ever get to the point of decentralized exchanges, then the whole concept of currency and the whole concept of nation state, it disappears. I mean, there are some decentralized exchanges out there currently, but I don't think they're necessarily able to handle, you know, Poloniex style volume and that kind of stuff. So, you know, once I think that's really kind of the key, you know, we need some kind of lightning network decentralized exchange type of situation going on and And i'm sure we'll get there eventually you know i mean i've told all my community uh, and these guys you know they're pretty darn smart people um um, whoever figures out that nuts you you could literally it could be like kind of i actually i know it sounds crazy but it could be something like a gutenberg 500 years from now the person that figured that out kind of along with satoshi is it could actually have that kind of accolade. That's that's my crazy opinion. So anyway. Right on. Uh, Alex is being paged. Yeah, it looks like Alex is <laughs> out there. Um, maybe we should jump into some BTC LTC talk. Yeah, enough of this damn opinion and rhetoric. Let's get on with the charts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, why don't we start off with just a quick boo at BTC? Of course, probably not a bad idea to sort of put things into perspective. Um, and I wouldn't mind maybe when Alex can get around in a few minutes, uh, I'll, I'll pick his ear on SegWit and the, uh, and the significant fundamental event around Litecoin. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at Bitcoin first. And actually, I've been putting this, um, this chart out on Twitter and stuff. I've been talking with my community recently. I really find this a really interesting sort of little roadmap here. It's a weekly price chart. You can create this on Coinigy nice and easily. Um, you know, a few things that I think the viewers should just sort of appreciate and, you know, anybody that watched these shows through um, the late winter and uh, and the early spring with Dash. Remember when Dash went and did its uh, Amanda's uh, penthouse? Uh, remember that stuff, Will? Yep. And we did like 4X on Dash. Well, you can sort of see the exact same thing. Bitcoin's done the same sort of movement that Dash did. Um, originally, that's sort of that original, and we, you know, on Dash, we, it hit 400% and stopped. And I see that Bitcoin, you can see here, it hit 400% of this range and stopped. Um, so if this is that kind of similar scenario, I've thrown on um, a similar study, and I've just replicated 200%, 300%, 400%, just to sort of give us an idea if the past repeats itself in price behavior. If we were looking at this on a scale basis, what would those moves kind of look like? Um, Do you also remember, uh, I don't know whether I showed it too much here, but I did a really cool study of of, uh, triangles and the GAN spiral. Did you guys ever see that study? Yeah, you shared that here uh, a while ago. Yeah, and it turns out that this triangle here uh, projected this objective, and if we actually go back and price uh, down through these consolidations, the triangle down here projected this uh, objective. 
So what's really interesting is if you do that same triangle uh, study, and anybody who's watching this, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, my address is uh, at CRinvestor. Uh, this is me here. Um, so I put out these kind of tweets, and you should be able to follow uh, and find, if I can do this, there we go. Uh, if you just uh, uh, Google or you know Twitter search whatever uh, fibs uh, spiral, in fact, one of our, one of our, um, um, I don't know whether I think he did a show. I can't remember whether he did a show with us or not. I can't remember if it was Gambler or uh, DJ Thistle, but he saw my Gan spiral chart and he's like, "You're doing, you're doing spirals now. I, I don't want to follow you anymore," <laughs> which I thought was so funny. Spirals are really tricky to sort of figure out how to do correctly. But if you go back, I actually did up a really nice little Twitter. Um, just, just Google, or, you know, search uh, spiral. I won't go into it too much here. I just wanted to mention that. Sorry, I got off on to off topic there. Um, the point that I'm trying to make out all this, sorry, is that uh, it also projected up into this four thousand dollar area. So, on balance, by the time we finish this move, could we see some sort of insane spike up into this four or five thousand dollar area? I think so, and also too, if we understand, if we go back and look at like the gold chart from the last fear cycle, I think that there's a lot of similarities between Bitcoin and this fear cycle, and sort of the preference to hide your money. In 1980, the best place to hide it was in gold. Uh, I don't think the market believes that in gold today, but I actually do believe that the market believes it to a certain degree in Bitcoin. I could see that. And I mean, if that's the case, then basically go look at your gold chart. It did almost the same thing into its 1980 peak. The issue we have to understand is we are coming to the very end of a very long-term fear cycle. It says 16 and it, well, actually, I guess we're 17 years into an 18-year fear cycle, which is basically commodity-friendly. And at the very end of these cycles, Whatever's the hottest, it's going to be hot, right? And like I said, last fear cycle ended 1980. Gold was hot then, and woohoo, did it ever go crazy. Um, so could we see some sort of insane blow-off top here over the next year or two? Absolutely. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. You know, how do we define a bull market? You define a bull market by higher highs and higher lows. What I see here is higher highs and higher lows. I think, you know, uh, in my school programs, I teach uh, extension levels as target windows. And I actually like to use this a lot in, um, in our uh, teaching, where uh, we call this uh, the parking garage. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the way price moves, price, ironically enough, moves in ranges. And if you think that this is a range, then in essence, an expression of this range would just simply be price moving up into this window. So really seeing this actually is not really a big surprise. This is what's supposed to happen. Um, the interesting thing here, of course, is that you know if we just play a simple connect the dots, we did have one disconnect through here. So I don't know how relevant this line is. I might be a little bit off here, but I just eyeballed this about a week or two ago. And I was shocked that when I drew this arc off of all of these lows, and then I just replicated it, and I sort of played connect the dots off of this high and a couple of these highs, how it sort of expressed price in this sort of arc. 
Um, and I've been sort of using that as sort of my benchmark. And it was interesting how last week we came up and t kissed the top of the arc and then had to back off into the end of the week. And I had actually put a tweet out saying that, you know, honestly, this is our range between the top of the arc and the bottom of the arc. You can see how we're pressing up here above the arc. Uh, so that tells me that, hey, you know, price is kind of vulnerable. We could back off here very easily. And then I go and look, Will, do you know what this number is in mathematics? 1.618? Uh, is it the golden ratio per chance? Yeah, it's actually a really, really important number to mathematicians. And of course, you know, on the downside corrections, we like to watch 0.618, right? So the point of the matter here is we often see price hit this 1.618 and smack off it. It happens a lot. And I think we actually kind of saw that this morning. Um, if you'll indulge me, I'm just going to pop over to a trading view chart just for a moment. Um, where do I have it? I follow. Uh, Every term in the school program, I, um, I highlight a trade setup and try and demonstrate how students can follow a trading plan. And this particular term, uh, Julian's uh, my, my partner, and you remember Julian did these shows uh, for oh, yeah. a while with us. He the really loves trend lines uh, for trade location. So we simply built a trading plan saying we're going to hunt trend line tags. And on those trend line tags, and you know, here, here, uh, here, here, right here, uh, all of these areas represent potential trade location where if we see a divergence develop on a tag of those lines, then we start going into super stocking mode, 78.6 levels, risk against a high, two to one risk reward, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I find it fascinating that when we lost, can you see how we broke through this trend line here? We broke through it, and I actually was putting out charts and stuff saying that I have to look for a test of this trend line. They, I just have to. And it was really cool in daily brief videos that I do on the site. Uh, we just watched this chunk, 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 chunk. And a lot of new people to the site are like, fuck me, I can't believe that. <laughs> That's so cool to watch this stuff play out. So long and short of it here, as we're working up to this potential trade location here, Look what's developing in the momentum indicator. Do you see how we're making higher highs, but the momentum indicator is making lower highs? Uh-oh. We ideally want to wait for this to become confirmed divergence. In my opinion right now, this is what we call potential divergence. Um, in fact, I think maybe we even did a CoinEdge tutorial on MACD once way back. Yeah, we did. Way back well, in the day. That's uh, on our that channel. MACD tutorial on divergences. Julian really likes RSI. So this trading plan we built, we're going to use RSI. It doesn't really matter. Momentum indicators are all basically the same. Um, so long and short of it here is we're fast approaching a very interesting trade location. We have this 15th coming up here. This is a funny date, 15th. There's some weird stuff around this date. There's like an SEC event around this date, but I don't know whether it's actually going to happen or not. Anything significant it's, is going to happen on that date. It's the appeal for uh, the Winklevoss uh, ETF, right? Like uh, they, they're trying to get uh, like the SEC to reevaluate it. So I guess that's like the next deadline is the 15th. 
So who knows? Yeah, maybe it'll pass. Correctly, they're they're accepting comments, or they're accepting uh, applications, or they're accepting appeals, or something up to that date. I don't think anything actually specifically happens on that day, but I have sure have heard a lot of people talking about it. So it might become one of these sort of self-fulfilling prophecies. The date comes, nothing happens, and price fucking takes. I don't know. But the point of the matter here is I find it really interesting that we're coming up to a potential trade location, and you can see the divergences building. They're not confirmed yet, so we just got to wait for it, wait for it. Uh, but I'm getting very antsy to start hunting short setups. And, of course, uh, 38.2, we call that our first stop target. If, if we talked here and this was it, I would definitely be looking for sort of 1545 on stamp area. And you can see that would just simply be a move against all of these old lows. Wicks and tails like to eat, be eaten, right? 50% uh, levels probably right down in this area against this tail. That's sort of where I'd be looking for support on stamp. Um, and now here's the really cool thing. Check this out. If this is the top, 1.618, whatever, it might be another few bucks higher here. I don't know for certain. But I definitely am not going to be buying Bitcoins here. That's for sure. Uh, but the point here is, look what happens when we draw a reload zone off of the most recent significant pivot low. You're at, what, about 1,000 there? I hear. Right. Look where the reload zone lines up. And what I find is really cool is that reload zone is going to line up nicely with the tag of that arc. And if we did a reload zone off of this range, that's what that was. If we do a reload zone off of that range, that's what that was. I mean, it's ridiculous. Do you see it? If we do a reload yep. zone off of that range, that's what that was. Isn't that sick? Well, this, this current pattern that we're drawing doesn't look sustainable, but it doesn't look no. like it's, it's running out at, at the yeah. moment. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to comment on that, too. I mean, you know, just even being part of Coinage, I mean, we've been seeing so many new users and um, kind of I'll, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has definitely been going a lot more mainstream than it has in the past. So, you well, know, I think a lot of that is, is feeding that. And I don't... I. I think you should give your standard warning, <laughs> Brian, to those folks who may be new about buying at the top and such. Well, yeah, but be careful here, right? This is, but you know, I, you know, especially uh, veteran watchers of this show, right? Do we buy up markets? Have you ever seen me buy an up market? Ever? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> If I'm going to be buying, I'm going to be buying when people are crying, right? And if we get a nice W fucking A, man, let's go. Um, I, you know, by definition, I'm not allowed to be a buyer up here. That's the sad part about it. Um, and this little uh, tool that you see on the chart right here, this is what we call our reload zone. And actually, I had conjectured, and that's what this is. I actually kind of think, guys, that we're going to be doing something like this. So, Brian, when I was at this conference on Monday, I was hearing just so many, like, lots of optimism, and I was scared. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? And, and as I said, I didn't mean to cut you off your will, but I think it's really important. We have to understand seasonality, right? Especially people, like, we've been doing this now for a couple of years, right? I mean, we've been at this a while. Hopefully, you guys have seen the seasonality. 
right? So, you know, in the stock market, all the professionals, how does the cliche go? Uh, sell in May and walk away. Yeah. So are they selling at a loss? Generally, no. Right. No. They're probably selling at a profit, which means prices are up, right? So yeah, and that's my worry is they're going to – it's going to take 1800 and all these folks are just going to get out of the market. <laughs> and well, we're going to have a yeah, lot of people in tears. Do you guys, do you guys, you guys remember that uh, November auction? I mean, look how far back that is now. Eh? It's ridiculous. Um, that November government auction, you, and you remember, like, we actually did, like, fibs off of this range, and that was a yeah. perfect mountain man tag and all that shit, right? But the point that I would just make is I don't think Bitcoin can actually end a move without some sort of horrendous face rip-up. Maybe this is it. But I kind of think that the top is going to be some sort of, and it's probably going to leave a wick like it did here, right? Where there's going to be some sort of blow-off top, and then everybody's going to go, okay, the top's in, right? And that's, you know, I, I don't think it's a good idea for anybody to call tops here. You remember what happened to that poor guy who called a top on Dash, right? He just got fucking run over. You remember that? Oh, it was pretty. It was a. It was a thing maybe a couple months ago. Um, I don't think it's a good idea for anybody. And and you know there will be guys on Twitter and stuff like that that are going to be like, oh yeah, I called the top. I called. I was perfect. I called the top. But really, guys on balance, especially for like most of the people that are watching this show, what we really want to do as investors, is we don't necessarily need to call this bottom here. What we really want to do is we want to try and capture this middle part. And my advice is don't be in too big of a hurry to call the end of the Bitcoin bull. And what I've been telling people in my message is pullbacks are buying opportunities. That's the way I look at Bitcoin right now. Anyway, I just thought I'd give you my two cents. I think we are overextended. I think if we look at the lower time frame charts, I think uh, there are short setups that are starting to develop. You can see 200% extensions. Here's another thing that I really wanted to mention that I think is really important. And uh, this is what's called volume profile on the right-hand side of my screen here. And quite literally, you can see that not many buyers have actually come in and bought up top here. And if we go back and we look at Bitcoin's price chart from uh, back in uh, 2013, the face rip rally, same thing. The profile looked very, very thin, and what it really said was that price at some point had to come back to value. So, you know, just off of this range alone, you can see where value is, and that's sitting right now at about 1200 bucks. and you can see that I've even written here, love buy setups off this level. The profile here has some unfinished business right at that level, and you notice here comes the 200 SMA, right? Some juicy tails that could be eaten in here, look awfully vulnerable. Um, and so if I'm, you know, counseling people where to start thinking about buying Bitcoins, I'm going to start like here. Okay, guys, hopefully the, uh, the audience can see that. Now, one more thing yep. before we go on Bitcoin, because there's one more really important thing I want to talk about here. This market is actually starting to give us little signs that it's topping out. How? Well, have you guys ever heard the expression volume leads price? Yes, sir. If we look at this, the green bars, they literally represent the power or the sort of intensity of the bull. 
And do you guys notice that as we're making higher highs here in price, the intensity of the bull is waning here? So we're actually already starting to see the very first signs that the bull is getting tired. You'll know that the Bitcoin bull is rip-roaring and strong if we blast off through these highs here. For now, if anything, I'd just say, you know what, there are anecdotal evidence, pieces of evidence building that this thing's starting to get tired. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, should we talk about some LTC and some SegWit action? Yeah, not a bad idea. I, Alex, are you around? Yeah, I don't know, Alex. Can you talk to us? Uh, can you yeah, hear us in on, on the SegWit? Uh, what's what's happened? What what is it, its implications? So Litecoin just uh, finished adding uh, SegWit. So now we have like the second largest proof of work network has implemented like the new code that is what's meant for Bitcoin. And uh, basically, that's a huge proof of concept. Like, it's validating SegWit as, like, functional and production-ready, um, you know, because these are not small networks. Where Litecoin has always been a very major player, and the code base is very sound. So it's definitely capable of, like, uh, I guess, proving out the, the code base very well. So uh, I, if you look on Charlie Lee's Twitter feed, the creator of uh, Litecoin, uh, you'll see the first uh, SegWit transaction, and um, yeah, they're they're able to actually uh, you know push the block size and you know prove that hey we can actually do more than the block limit uh, transactions you know because we're using SegWit. So that's a huge step forward in scaling. What making anyone upgrade uh, like anyone who uses new like uh, wallet more transactions and have far more functionality and the people still using the old one are completely compatible like uh, whereas the Bitcoin unlimited thing is uh, it's a forced upgrade everyone who wants to continue using Bitcoin has to download their software which is pretty terrible <laughs> hard fork so, yeah. so this no is one. actually Charlie this is the guy who created Litecoin yeah, um, yeah, Satoshi Light. And kind of just for some background, Brian, kind of initially, I mean, uh, at least I've kind of heard, I've, I've never met Charlie Lee, but I've heard that he's, you know, back in the day, really, he just kind of copied the Bitcoin source code and changed it a little bit. And then Litecoin was created. It wasn't a, a you know, a, a years long process or anything like that. Um, but he now actually works for Coinbase. So he's, he's, throwing his input there and kind of coincidentally uh, Coinbase just added Litecoin wallets. No conflict of interest there? Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't really think of it that there's way. No, like, there's no pre-mine and there's no ICO. Right. So, I mean, like, Charlie effectively doesn't own the Litecoin network. He was just, you know, the creator. He definitely has an invested interest. I'm sure he owns a lot of Litecoin. But at the same point, like... Would it be, like, the same relationship you have with Ubit? Yeah, exactly. Um, like uh, we recreated the software, but we can't would, force would, people uh, to upgrade. Would you be officially called a dev? Is that what you are? Are you a dev? I'm the community manager. I do not do any devving. Um, I like to keep my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stupid question. Remember, I'm an old. I, I can vouch for that being a dev. 
Right. So um, I, I speak dev, and uh, that's why they're have me around. I talk to the normal people, and then the devs can be devving. And uh, I'm the one who pushes, you know, uh, uh, pizza into the pit for the the hackathon. Okay. Um. really interesting. I put out a, a tweet recently. Somebody was uh, scolding people for waiting so long to get Bitcoin transactions. That they were like, why don't you just use Litecoin? Did you see that? That the, the Oriental lady smacks the Charlie white across the, the face. <laughs> Charlie's very much a, a troll on Twitter, and he's hilarious. I actually, uh, <laughs> um, I do love following his feed. And when he he likes a project, like he he really likes Decred. He did like a really subtle tweet where every first letter of uh, the line was like said by Decred. <laughs> uh, okay, so he's very witty that. Oh, he's very witty. But the main reason like Litecoin was created is it's basically coming right back down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably needs a healthy retrace. I mean, there's people buying in, people want to be part of the governance structure. But the main reason like Litecoin was created back in the day was uh, Bitcoin, I think, was going to GPU mining. So like people were initially mining with just CPUs and all of a sudden there was like a massive uh, uh, boost in efficiency when people started using these uh, new processors and maybe they even went to ASICs like you know there were specific hardware and now you had to buy this hardware to be competitive but then like Charlie Lee comes along and is like well this sucks I really like right. mining with all my computers and stuff so he's like created a new hashing algorithm slightly more efficient made the block time faster and yeah a lot of altcoins today are actually script there's probably more script altcoins than there are um, Bitcoin altcoins. So I thought it was it was adorable. I put out recently that uh, when we actually first started this show, Rob uh, admitted that he had bought some Litecoin at thirty dollars. <laughs> so I was really proud of him. He was able to get off the couch, as we always say, that people that buy the top usually get trapped on the couch, sleeping on the couch. So I thought that was good for him. Um, and actually, uh, you know, we at TRI, a bunch of our people, and including myself, we made some good money on this trade. Um, what do you think? I mean, would you I be? Know Rob's happy. Would you be inclined to endorse Litecoin? Because remember, for a long time, Litecoin was really on the outs. Are you allowed so, to? Now that you're hooked up with Ubik, are you allowed to actually say, "Yeah, I like that" or "I don't like that"? Um, I don't know. Like it's. Uh, when, when I look at Ubik, the the company, which is the company that I'm like CEO of, um, we're like a Bitcoin company, you know, like if BitPay announces like they have some new feature or something, is it a conflict of interest if they buy Bitcoin before implementing it um, or announcing it? Maybe. I don't know. But they, they don't own the underlying network. Like if they own a gold mine, like maybe this is a better question, like Brian, if someone owns, owns a gold mine, and they, you know, figured out like a huge new deposit. If they dumped all their gold before, you know, announcing that they found this huge new deposit, is that a conflict of interest? Is that insider trading? If they dumped all their gold? Well, I, I don't know. Made a trade that was profitable because they had news uh, about an, the underlying asset. Meanwhile, they don't have control of the underlying asset. They just, you know, have have news about it. Yeah, man. I guess not. Um, yeah, no, I guess they, I, and, and maybe this is comparing apples and oranges. You know, like as a trader dude, right, all I'm, I look at every single one of these coins exactly the same, right? And, you know, you as an insider, the developer inside the industry, you're like, Brian, these, they're apples and oranges. Some are good and some are pieces of crap. 
Um, and so, hey, look at that. We got a little message that we're. Yeah, that, that's what I was whipping up in the background there. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I figured you. it's about time we did something like that. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, like where does Litecoin sit in this sort of. You know, is is it in the Ethereum class? Is it in the Bitcoin class? Because, you know, when I first started in this Bitcoin adventure, it was Bitcoin, then Litecoin, right? Remember that a few years ago, right? Where does it well, sit now in this universe? It's still a rock. That's what everyone calls, like, it's like everybody's favorite rock because everyone <laughs> thinks, like, it, yeah, it doesn't really have a whole lot of functionality besides Bitcoin uh, functionality. So why why is it useful? And you know what? It's actually a very useful testnet for Bitcoin. Like there you go. Yeah, I mean, it just it just proved its usefulness today. Basically, yeah. oh, that's it took it took a couple years, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's my thought on, thoughts on it too. Is you know, um, especially with so many new folks coming into the ecosystem, um, I think it's it has value now. I mean, because what is the first thing you're going to look at when you're completely green to the space? You, you know, trade a little bit of Bitcoin and you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm ready to get into something else. I mean, Litecoin is on every single exchange. It's been around for years. You know, there's historical patterns to look at. Um, it doesn't have anything, well, until really now, too controversial about it. Although I wouldn't dare say, you know, Segwit is controversial. Uh, but uh, I, mean, I think it's it's going to be the first kind of offload for your typical newbie who's like, okay, I want to dip my toes in alts, but I don't know anything about this weird Ethereum stuff and, you know, all these other side yeah, chains and like color coins so and stuff. Ago, like a year or so ago, it was Bitcoin and then Ethereum, right? And mm -hmm. Litecoin wasn't even in the conversation anymore. Mm -hmm. so I just find it fascinating, and I just like to get your guys' uh, input. It, it was one of the first four coins that I bought. Like within ten minutes of buying Bitcoin, I had bought Litecoin, MadeSafe, and Dark, and Litecoin was my only loss. I bought it for like twelve dollars, and then it got down to like three, and I sold. I'm just like, screw this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember uh, when when there was all the hype that. You know, people were spreading rumors that Litecoin was going to get added to Mount Gox. <laughs> and everybody was going crazy about that for a while. It had so a nice having that. pump. <laughs> What's it had, that? It had a nice having pump too, though. Like, uh, like it, it, it had its, you know, its day, its fifteen minutes. Well, that's of fame. what this was, wasn't it? Right? Yeah, I'm pretty. Remember sure, the yeah. uh, the guy in China that did a Ponzi scheme through this, right? Yep. Mm. All right, uh, you know, technically speaking, can we buy this here as a trading vehicle? No, you can't. You've missed the boat. Um, and if anything, I think this is the fundamental event day, right? Because that's when he put out the SegWit uh, tweet, right? So we're actually into a new day here. I suppose, um, you know, the worst part about this, and like I said, we talked about Decred earlier. Decred sort of did the same sort of thing. And, and and we talked about Dash a while ago, same sort of thing. You know, my expectation is it's going to be Chop Vegas here for a while on this thing. Um, this candle is now printed, right? So that now has become an official. Remember we were talking about bullish and bearish impetus. It looks to me like the bears just woke up here. That's, that's not good for the bulls. Um, you notice here the market actually started to break out from this high level right in here, right, when all this volume came in and busted to new highs. So to actually believe that the bull is still very much alive and, and at the wheel is you now need to see green bars bigger than these ones here. That's going to take a bit of buying. Um, 
My hunch is, you know, volume-wise, because we were talking about that earlier, is that just sort of cascades, and then eventually we bottom and start working our way back up again. I'm just happy my doge pumped. <laughs> it, it was a long oh, yeah, ride. Doge up? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for doge for a while. I thought it was going to be integration with Ethereum that made it pump, but uh, I guess Litecoin pumping, because uh, every Litecoin miner is also mining doge. Oh, that's so interesting. I, just kind of, I know that... You know, uh, you know, a couple of the guys that uh, we watch on Twitter, they were really uh, gung-ho on Doge. Um, hats off to you guys. Way to go. Um, uh, I'm curious now, gonna... actually, what the functionality will be between Doge and Litecoin if they both have seg uh, SegWit. That will be a really good test net, actually. That will be uh, really good for testing functionality to have like uh, a decentralized exchange built with Doge and Litecoin because they're, they're both very compatible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, if I wanted to think about being a buyer online, unfortunately, I really don't like the look of this bottom. I mean, I would have really preferred to uh, see like a nice wide base. You know, that's what we really want to see. We've seen I've seen a lot of these coins when they go straight down like this and straight up. They have to actually end up coming right back down to the bottom. Uh, where can I start hunting reasons to consider uh, buying? Of course, here's our good old reload zone. That's going to be against all of these lows. So maybe if we're lucky, we get some nice divergences that develop and a nice you know, W that comes in to frame another trade. But that's going to be down the road, guys. It's not going to be for a while. So if you are a Litecoin person and you're interested, it just has to be on your shopping list. Set your alerts for this sort of, you know, what's that, 0 0.007 up to 0 0.01. We get down into that area, then you can start sort of paying attention. The thing that bothers me about this chart uh, specifically is can you see that if we zoom in very closely, we've got some holes on the chart here. There's a hole right there, and there's a hole right there. So, unfortunately, what that means to me is, is that, you know, we might have some crazy-ass spike. Really, these holes aren't considered filled in. They're called gaps, but they're not considered filled in until we actually see a candle body come in and close that. And actually, we saw that recently on IOC. It had a couple really nasty gaps that needed to be filled in, and this polo bullshit was the excuse for the market to go fill those gaps. Hey, Brian, yeah. can I interrupt you and ask a quick question about the yeah. gaps? Sure. Um, so, you know, in traditional stocks, you know, you don't have 24-hour trading. So when you have, like, a daily chart up, that gap represents basically, you know, the close of the market the prior day and then the open the next day. Right. Versus in crypto, you have, you know, 24-7 trading. Yeah, and that's, it's literally, remember we were just talking I'm about just wondering that. if that if that plays, you know, plays into it or if it affects the gaps in any way or... But remember, we just talked a moment ago. We said that this candle just closed. Like this, just this new candle just started, like literally, like two hours ago, right? So, mm -hmm. in 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 a twenty four seven market, the daily bars, the the candles just go like, and it's cool on the exchange floor, like the CME. They've got like buzzers that go off every fifteen minutes. Oh, so that's on awesome. the top of the hour, if you're watching an hourly chart or something like that, it'll go. You'll just hear in the background, beep, <laughs> and then all <laughs> the charts flip over to the next bar. It's so freaky. And then, you know, when the ag markets are open, right, you always hear these, because eh, it's every 15-minute bar, the traders want to be warned that they do 15-minute bars. But those are, that's in the hog pits. Those guys are crazy. But anyway, the point that I'm, uh, to answer your question, Will, is 
And we're looking at a candlestick chart here. So gaps on candlestick charts are a little bit different than gaps on uh, bar charts. Okay. Um, what this gap represents, right, is literally this was the end of this daily session. The next bloody tick was boom, there. You know, when the buzzer goes <laughs> off, beep, mm, charts move over. The next tick, the next trade was right there. So that is what's actually unaddressed here, is that the market finished at one level and then instantly jumped up to another level. Something, there's a hole there. Now, you can see in this particular candle, price came back down and traded into that gap, but it never stayed there. And so for candlestick aficionados, these tails are very important. In essence, this represents unfinished business. And you know, have you ever heard me talk about trapped bulls and trapped bears? If price can come down into this area, the guys that actually shorted here and caused this little tail here, they're trapped right now. And they want to get released, right? They want to get off the couch. You know, remember Rob and his $30 Litecoin, right? Yep. Um, and by price coming down into that level, that gives them the opportunity to get released. Does that make sense? Sure. So in essence, what ends up happening is there's a huge pocket of motivated. These guys are short right now, or maybe they sold it, and the price went up, and they're like, oh, fuck, that was a stupid thing to do. I better try and buy it back, right? Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of motivated people right down in this gap. Does that help okay, answer the yeah. question? Yeah, I understand that. Yep. Cool. All right, so the point yeah, of the matter the, here is if we look at these levels and then zoom out, you know, where can I start thinking? I can start hunting reasons to buy here, but I got a nasty feeling we're going to go right back down to the blows here. That's my technical two cents. We had uh, some gaps drawn on the Ubic chart, and immediately I'm just like, uh, um, fill those damn gaps, fill them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where I'm placing my buys because we're going to come back there. Like, you know, we're going to have, you know, some Bitcoin craziness or something's going to go on that's going to have a pullback in the market. So yeah. I was seeing gaps on every chart in the same sort of patterns, you know. So that's, um, that's like totally uh, uh, a Jesse, right? <laughs> I thought that tweet was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, he's like, I want, Dad, did you see that? He was like, I want some fun. I want some fun. I want a, I want a line in the sand, Phil. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. You know, you know, you know, you've been accepted when Jesse starts using your expressions. <laughs> um, so yeah, looking at Ubik, uh, Jesse, and interesting, look at where Jesse wants to buy. I thought that was, so basically all that is, is just buying the original breakout. See that? I don't see any gaps, though. I was actually really impressed with the way you guys ran your book through here. This is really clean. Yeah, uh-oh. We started yeah. I saw gas. those. I'm like, I'm, I'm buying there. I'm putting my support down, like, whatever I can. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, there's a lot of good outs also out there right now. And, like, I got a, quite a few bounces filled because, um, you know, Bitcoin shakes a lot of people out. Everyone's always chasing the pump. Uh, so you kind of yeah. got to do the opposite, well, right? And actually, that's one thing I wanted to t tout about our site is we have this fucking awesome chat room. And uh, every day, let's see if I can expand it here. Every day, I get the opportunity to come in. And this is this one plus one equals three. This guy here, James, whoops, isn't that interesting? 
This guy, Jamie, here was actually just a past level one student. Fucking smart ass guy. And um, and uh, he was in, you know, one plus one equals three. Look at this fucking little, uh, excuse my French. <laughs> you know, when a, an idea gets hot, I get all excited. <laughs> but look at this beautiful chart. And, and he basically, uh, we do our daily brief, and he's like, hey, guys, take a look at SLR. It was down in this area. Look at that chart. This is everything that I teach. It's just so beautiful. Uh, you're a little late. Don't go and ramp this thing up here. This is a horrible trade location. If you want to join us, work your bids against the tails, do reload zones, yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, what a beautiful chart, right? And this is, uh, you're absolutely right, Alex. There's lots of stuff that's looked really, really interesting out there. That's like a, right. a large term triple W right there. Yeah, well, what I really love, and this is where this stuff that I uh, I use really shines, is if you well, can get a situation where you have market structure established, then buying off of the line in the sand is just, it's almost like a gift. Uh, because, you know, don't get into the habit of chasing. Just work your orders, be nice and patient, and let the market structure... Let the guys who built this bottom, let them defend the trade. This is the fucking shit. I mean, seriously, viewers, you know, all kidding aside, print that screen off. This is what a chart has to look like if I want to buy something. It's just as simple as that. Right on. <laughs> Should we get into some... Uh, all right, yeah, let's look at some, uh, some ideas that the viewers want to take a look at. All right, here, let me uh, spin this wheel. Isn't that a cool yeah. chart, though? Damn, that's a pretty chart. Yeah, I see a lot of, like, so if Bitcoin's doing kind of like a, a sawtooth right now, um, you know, a lot of these alts are kind of sawtoothing in the opposite direction. They're all yeah, kind of yeah. turning up. It's just like they're... Going back and forth, and oh, I have this coin. This is a folding coin. Folding coin, nice. I don't think we've really talked about this one on the show. I'm kind of excited for it. I went yeah, to the website and I tried to figure out the technology here. I can't figure it out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's basically, uh, it's a Google Chrome extension, and you run it while you run um, um, the software from uh, Folding at Home, which is kind of like a, a nonprofit, and uh, these guys are just kind of incentivizing it by offering a currency. But um, people are buying it. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna. Uh, be part of like some network of different projects because there are a lot of non-profit networks that you can quote unquote mine for um and yeah folding coin is one of the cool cooler ones really good user experience uh really cool team and uh you know they, they got some talent like their, their stuff works really well uh there's some notable youtubers that uh are kind of <laughs> pumping it uh no but they're they're, <laughs> they're definitely like telling people about it and like hey you should try this out and while you're doing it Make sure you run the software because you'll get coins like Bitcoin right. that are worth money. I mean, it's it's a natural progression for cryptocurrency. That's like the ultimate right there. It's instant gratification for contributing to the greater good, basically. Yeah. yeah on, and mining have, I, I still have yet to have anybody explain to me how the folding of proteins translates into, uh, like, I just don't get it. Um, and maybe somebody needs to create a video. You know, this is the folding of proteins and how you can monetize this. I don't get how the two are connected. I still haven't figured that out. 
it just kind of like worked like and people protein that apparently someone turned it into like a game on an iphone or something and uh some lady was like really good at it she she's like one of the top folders <laughs> so it's it, it's kind of like you can guess random numbers but at the same time there are patterns that form and people can find strategic advantages but uh it it's eventually i think ais are going to be on it there's going to be some machine learning so it's kind of cool that i think this is probably incentivizing the market because it is one of those things that people need to do. Um, it's the same, uh, we actually had a Ubic project kind of get uh, um, announced today, um, well, unofficially, uh, but it's solving capture codes is the same sort of work, you know, identifying a dog or a street sign, or, you know, you're doing something that a machine can't quite do. Um, and it's considered work and uh we're looking to incentivize it because there's people who want to have a lot of photos classified you know this photo has a dog in it and then you can go one step over yes it has uh gold hair and then one more it's like it has long gold hair so those are all things that people need to do and when they classify that data and like identify those patterns they can punch that into like machine learning into artificial intelligence and it creates you know really smart systems because they have a lot of good data to teach it. Oh, I'm too um, stupid. I'll never forget oh. But on the other yeah, end of the spectrum, anyway, like, long and short of it, here, Alex, you fundamentally like the story, so that's oh, yeah. a you know pretty big endorsement to our audience, right? If Alex ever says that a fun story here is fundamentally sound, I think that's uh, it's probably worth us paying attention. There's a blog talk on it too, if you want to learn more. Oh, cool! There is. Hey, grab the link. Maybe uh, uh, throw it yeah. in this uh, presentation as a sort of a teaser. Mm -hmm. Do that. Um, you know, technically speaking, you know, uh, I suppose after a while, you guys can probably start to finish my sentences here. Um, <laughs> this is sort of you know the same sort of logic as always. Uh, we can't really consider. Uh, you know, don't for heaven's sakes, don't chase up here. You can consider purchases as it comes down into this area. This is kind of like that Litecoin chart where, you know, maybe it might be bottoming in here, but oh, we got to go right back down to the into the into the lows. You know, maybe if we zoomed in here, we might even see some gaps in here as well. But long and short of it, here really, and you can see hindsight 2020 um, buys anywhere in this area. We're you know at least you weren't walking into a trap. That's it. That's the big thing. You know, we got to try and just convey to the couple, uh, the the public is, you know, just like Bitcoin's face ripping straight up. Try not to get into the habit of buying markets that are just face ripping up. Put them on your shopping list and just say, okay, well, Brian's got this crazy idea, sixty-one point eight, seventy-eight point six. All right, I'll just do that. It's on your shopping list. Set your alarms on your phones, computers, emails, whatever. Quite, quite. You know, it's so cute. Going to your alerts. They're so polite. They go ding ding. <laughs> yeah, and they get a nice little email and everything, so they're very workable. Um, you know, if anything, what I see here, guys, this is a great testament where if we actually, you know, especially for investors who are watching this, and you know, you've got a career and you got kids, you got you know, soccer practice, whatever. Can you see the nice simple W's on the weekly price charts? Down, up, down, breakout. See how simple it is when you can zoom out to a weekly? And then, you know, oh, frig, I missed the move. Oh, I totally wanted to buy. Well, I'll just draw your reload zones and wait. Here comes the W. There you go. <laughs> up, down, up, down, breakout, right? 
cute little W in there you could have participated in or you could have waited for this one. See how simple that is? You know, and hopefully audience, you do too. You know, the first thing that I have all my students do when they come into the level one program, and I and fuck, we got like 50 of them this term. It's going to be nuts. Um, That's awesome. You guys are going to hear this. Congrats. The easy, you want to keep this nice and easy, just go find weekly Ws. Just that simple, guys. So, weekly W, can we be a buyer here? Right? You probably can answer that question for me here. Um, did we lose Alex? Looks like he's frozen. Yeah. No, sorry, oh. texting. <laughs> I think he was nodding off. Busted. So, if I wanted to be a buyer here, where can I start shopping? What? We think the odds are that the reload zone is going to line up off of that market structure level. Remember, we just uh, talked about uh, tail. Probably right pretty good. You know, uh, good these, odds. these guys are trapped bears right there. They want to be released, right? So if we do our little zoopity zoop, look at that, eh? Isn't that ridiculous? So the point here is, again, you know, I can't buy it right now. It might go higher, and if it does, you got to have the professional. Uh, discipline just to adjust your fibs and wait for it to come into the buying window. If this is the top, and I don't know if it is or not, um, I can consider it can, if it can come back down in here and start putting in weekly W's. That's simple. Um, as for traders, I thought it was interesting when I saw this. Do you guys see there was a nice juicy gap here that needed to be filled in? That was probably the objective on this rally right here. With the candle body actually coming in here, that's been filled in. Do you guys see this nasty little wick right up in here? That's a lot of this action that you see here. Uh, your last sort of big objective, you see these candle body peaks up here. There's the close and there's the open, which is interesting. They're so far apart. But that probably creates a little pocket. And then, of course, we've got the trapped bulls up here. Um, so, you know, if we do reload zones and stuff like that, I could actually understand um, guys who are thinking about shorting markets getting very interested up in this area up here. That wouldn't surprise me. So, you know, this big smack up here, I'm sure some guy looked at this and went, fuck, I'm going to totally hit that. Um, and if anything, what I love about these, until we see this top taken out, what we really have here is uh, Brian's good old uh, cat ping pong gifts. I don't know if you've ever seen those gifts. Uh, did we just lose that? Oh, there it is there. So uh, probably I'm thinking trading range somewhere, boing, 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 boing kind of idea until it's ready to go the next leg. So that's my two cents there. Good deal. You got one another wheel? Yep, wheel so, it up. All right, wheel it up. Sure uh, the and as I said before, <coughs> I totally want to be able to own this thing. It's I'm working my bids at my levels, and it's not cooperating. I'm not getting any bills. It pisses me off. And I want to spend this. Because I want to own really this do. thing, and I've got my bids. You know where my bids are working. Right around to go. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex is already on the uh, wheel. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just want to make sure people don't think I'm spinning the wheel until I get something I want, you know. And <laughs> I'm spinning right now, and it uh, looks like we have counterparty, and this is, uh, you know, really interesting. These guys really need Segwit to happen because they're losing a major customer right now, which is uh, storage. Storage is uh, moving to Ethereum network. And, Are they uh, now? Interesting. They're no longer going to be developing, you know, like 
micropayment stuff for Bitcoin anymore. They're like, you know what? We're tired of dealing with uh, the technical difficulties and a mm -hmm. team and the, an environment that doesn't allow for innovation. So we're going to go to Ethereum. They're way more supportive. They're welcoming the house with open arms. And yeah, so yeah, XCP, I saw Storage, uh, is Storage doing another ICO. I saw they're raising funds somehow again, or they recently yeah, have. So they're, they're doing another ICO because why not the money yeah i guess so. money and, <laughs> and yeah no it's 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 a funny thing because uh, they had a massive pre-mine and part of that reason for a pre-mine was for them to um uh develop micro payments but now i think they're just like well let's just sell it <laughs> yeah i mean i i can understand you know to a certain extent you need a certain amount of you know funding to do stuff but how much do you really need to to accomplish the project i guess is the question i'm not saying they don't need well, all the millions, but and now ICOs <laughs> at some point no you're kind of like, hmm, I wonder. Now there's no longer you know just ICOs anymore. There's two uh, two COs or a second round, so two co's. Um, yeah, that's basically. I mean, they're on like a three co now, right? Technically, didn't they have? Didn't they kind of do the initial one and then another and then SGCX came along later on? Or am I, I they did like that? bank in the future or something. Uh, right. Maybe. Yeah, something like uh, yeah, yeah. So they did and like I a think that's chart. what it was initially. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Brian, can you tell us what you see on the XCP chart? I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts. Um, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, why don't we start big picture? Uh, has this not been around that long? Uh, what a counterparty? Polo. There. Wow, that's a different. It's a it's it's a fairly old coin. Um, Check out BTER once. That might not even be counterparty. That might be some old. Well, maybe yeah. that could be the same. Old uh, is probably XCP, the best. Yeah. Right, that's the symbol. Yeah. Yep. So you know, if I look at a polo, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that are questioning, you know, polo these days. But you know, you can see the WE type action here. So I suppose and probably the bid up here was probably on the SegWit event, Alex. Do you think that that's probably a high correlation? Um, yeah, maybe just altcoins in general. But um, yeah, they definitely had some maybe bad news as they're working out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the storage thing is a big is a big deal, definitely. Yeah. Is there like a gazillion bazillion coins out? Well, um, so the interesting thing about Counterparty, how it was generated, was people actually burned Bitcoin. So uh, uh, it's got a fun under, underlying fundamental value of whatever Bitcoin was put in, um, which I don't know the specs on it. But uh, it's essentially people were put their Bitcoin in and were given colored Bitcoin back that they can then turn into any coin. So mostly what it's used for today is uh, rare Pepe's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the, like, oh, and trading. So there's some intrinsic value to these coins. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it's basically colored Bitcoin. It operates on the Bitcoin network, and that's part and of the problem right now. And it's like the first smart contract platform, technically, right? Yeah, they, they, I don't think they have it functioning just yet, but it, it, it does allow you to create your own token, and it operates on the Bitcoin network. So it's kind of like the first asset network. Where you don't need to, it was uh, you can make a token on Bitcoin, and you don't have to pay for you know the infrastructure costs. You're just paying for use. The problem right now is, uh, not only are you paying a Bitcoin transaction fee, on top of that, you're paying a bigger fee for this extra data that's attached to it. So like a 
counterparty transaction costs like two or three dollars. Oh, oh wow, I didn't know that. And uh, can you redeem this for whatever the Bitcoin and or the intrinsic value for that? Is that um, is it just quite literally like twenty uh, number of bitcoins outstanding divided by twenty two uh, million four hundred thousand or whatever? Or no, the idea is that you can buy like, the price. If I say wanted to create Alex coin, I would buy some counterparty and then I would burn it into I would turn it into Alex coin and it would be stuck as a sleep like Alex coin or whatever parameters I set for it. Um, because like what rare Pepe or Pepe cash is, they just said, Oh, this counterparty tokens are now Pepe cash and then you then turn Pepe cash into Pepe cards. So it's this really weird system of just like they're constantly like recoloring the coins, but they can never go backwards. They only can go like further. They can attach more and more information to them. Uh, interesting. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah. I mean, because it's such a small market, you know, a supply that appeals to me. But twenty-two and a half million dollars. There's a bit of money in this thing. Um. You know, technically speaking, it sure looks like this is a bottom end of a trading range. Uh, and I suppose, you know, if uh, if Litecoin does SegWit, then it seems to me, and if I understand correctly, the only reason why SegWit isn't happening is because the miners are enjoying really fat profits, and it they have no incentive to stop that behavior, right? Yeah, and there's all this pushback from you know BU and all the other competing kind of ideas. So I heard some people even say that BU was just manufactured by the miners to just sort of distract people. Well, I because of the ASIC boost, be. ASIC boost wasn't compatible with SegWit, so it kind of is uh, their marketing scheme to say, hey, don't take SegWit because then all the guys with ASIC boosts can't uh, mine with this extra 20% efficiency because they're, those two concepts are not compatible. You know, so, that's the crazy thing about that is, you know, I, I usually I'll sit on Reddit on my phone before I go to bed at night and I've been getting pegged with so many BU ads like all over the place. Like they're spending a lot of money on that right now. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get the Even word out. Technically, the the technology is has been sort of proven to be flawed. They're still trying to push it, right? Well, the funny thing is, once we found out about ASIC boost, it all made sense. And you know what? It actually was a big relief because now it made sense why they were doing it. It wasn't because of some mm -hmm. like malicious activity. They were incentivized to do Money. this. <laughs> like, Money. They're, they're rational actors again. Like We know why they're acting this way because they, there's a rational reason. Um, and it, the funny thing was the core team, the guys who built SegWit, they said, had we had known about this, we could have built with that in mind. So really, the fact that they were holding their cards close to them and you know not telling everyone that they had that twenty percent advantage on the mining is the reason why they're going to lose that twenty percent. Is because or we have to wait for Segwit to um, run out of time because I think it only lasts till like September, and then they maybe have to push out a new version of Segwit. Right. Or we have to wait we, another year. <laughs> Yeah, I think it will be, we'll probably just, you know, we'll go forward with this and we'll tell the guys who all buy Bitmain miners to say, screw it. You guys are, you know, clearly trying or being too secretive. You're not, you know, conducive to the space. You're not helping us all out. Like, you're just trying to get as much money as possible for yourself. So, you know what? Screw you guys. We're going to, you know, do uh, our own soft fork or we're, we're going to, you know, do whatever we can, and that's what's kind of going on right now. 
is hopefully yeah, it's all... the power of moral suasion man. well we as users should get a vote in the network right it shouldn't be yeah. just minor like... well but if i understand correctly if you actually talk to the users segwit should have passed a while ago it was like heavily heavily endorsed right exactly well, just, anything, you know... i hate to say it but we've kind of exposed a vulnerability here to uh in crypto haven't we? there's there's, there's anything we, you know and and that was that's basically the purpose of the market is to really explore all this stuff right it sounds to me like we found a little pocket of vulnerability in this crypto story a little disappointing okay back to our coin here um you know you know actually honestly from a trading perspective I don't really have a problem buying this double bottom and risking against these lows. Um, that's sort of like, you know, like a weekly, you know, I always tell my students, find those weekly W's kind of thing. Um, little old lady kind of idea. Just see where this thing takes you. I mean, frig it. If we get, wicks and tails like to be eaten, and that's one big honking wick up there. You know, obviously, this is probably a bit of polo games, but I think you could actually at 44 right here. Uh, 88 would be a double. That would just be nothing more than just revisiting these candle body highs and maybe eating a bit of that wick up there. So believe it or not, actually, I think, you know, getting some free coins out of this isn't really too outlandish. Um, you know, trading, fine-tuning, you know, you know what I'm going to say next. Here it comes. Where is our Rido Dome? In the old area. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, should, does it should it really surprise us that uh, you know professional traders are going to be hunting um, the original structural bottom here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, nice dips down into this area against all of these lows. Maybe even oh, look at that! See, there's a cheeky little gap right down there. See that? So mm -hmm. you know, if you are interested in this story and you want to really you know uh, you know uh, be a sharpshooter here. I think you probably want to concentrate uh, working your bid. Look at that cute little gap right in there. Oh, and there's also a cute little gap right down there too. So, uh, you know, I might be inclined to work my stink bids against all these lows, see if you can get lucky. Um, could I be a buyer at today's prices uh, for, you know, trading purposes? Nah, kind of a shitty trade location. Um, but like I said, you know, for investors, higher time frame. You want to just, you know, nibble on something, throw it away. Uh, you know, that's not the right word. <laughs> uh, nibble on something, put it into your portfolio, just let it work. Orders to sell have on doubles. Come back in six months, you might have a nice little treat for you there. Um, the sharpshooters, trader guys, you know, you're going to need to concentrate down against all of these lows. And, yeah. um, and it'll be kind of funny, okay. I think. The better that storage does, the worse that XCP will do. It'll probably be like, uh, oh, look how well they're doing moving from Bitcoin to Ethereum. Man, all these uh, Bitcoin-related projects must suck. So uh, the yeah, it's public perception drives a lot. Well, you know, and wait, why did you decide on Ethereum and not Bitcoin? Um, functionality mainly, um, but yeah, it's the, the support network too. Like, there's no such thing really as a, an Ethereum maximalist. They're all very open-minded. They all want to build cool shit. So it's like, yeah, when they heard about us, they didn't see us as a competitor. They just see see us as validation. You know that they're uh, doing the right thing, and um, it's more work going on. Like, so I don't know. Like, uh, if you're an app coin, 
like uh, Ether is or, or, or like uh, storage is, um, then you know what, maybe go on like uh, an app coin network rather than a, a finance network like Bitcoin. Um, and there's a lot of counterparty assets that that's, are. That's actually really, that's cool how you just said that, right? Because it sounds to me like there are quite literally like different personalities to different types of coins, eh? Yeah, we're finally to the point where we, we can classify coins as an app coin network versus purely a financial instrument versus other that's, categories. That's huge. That's huge in my opinion, right? That's uh, if anything, that might be like the second or third evolutionary stage here of crypto. That's cool. All right. Okay. So uh, there's my two cents. Uh, cool. uh, little old ladies, and really, I don't even like this area. You know, off the daily charts for little old ladies. I think everybody, if you want to take a shot, work your bids, reload zones, hunt for Ws. Yada yada yada. All right. Let's do maybe one more coin here on the wheel. Yep. I'll. Uh... Uh, we got a pretty active chat. Lots of people watching the show. Lots of people talking about ASIC boost. Very great for tuning in, guys. We appreciate the audience participation. Yes, definitely. This is awesome. Keep it up. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share and all that stuff. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. And uh, oh, oh, we missed George. I don't know what ETT is, but oh, oh, looks like we're gonna have to talk about Ether. Uh oh. Um, which right now we heard there's some big news coming at a consensus in New York, uh, which is I think next week or the week after. Uh, it's a big conference and it's all about you know finance and finance. Oh that gives me heartburn. Oh well, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like the conference is on Monday in Toronto. I'm like oh man, there's so much like enthusiasm in the room. This is terrifying. <laughs> like twelve hundred people and like people watching on YouTube and everyone's just talking about how amazing crypto is. I'm like, I should sell my coins. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you've done to me, Brian. <laughs> it's like well, yeah. this is and you know, I mean, first and foremost, can you go out and buy Ethereum here? I think you're literally you got a coin in your pocket? No. Alex, you got a Bitcoin in your pocket? <laughs> oh, you know, here it's literally a coin toss. And you know, we as traders, we really like to work with concepts called edges. Things that if we've seen them happen in the past, odds are they might happen again in the future. Um, this thing here, you know, clearly, and it was really cool because we had some site members and even one of my uh, alumni, Michael, who came out and just turned super bull down in here. I was so proud of him. Went out publicly and said, fuck, you got to load up on Ethereum here. And of course, hats off to you, Michael, if you're watching this. It's a great call. Um, I suppose, you know, well, I suppose wicks and tails like to be eaten. How high do we have to go? <laughs> Can I put this in relative terms, though? Like, if you bought the Ethereum crowd sale with one Bitcoin, which is about $500, I think it's worth something like 150 grand now. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's not even counting, like, having ETC because of the fork. Uh, like, you, you have a lot of very rich people um, because of Ethereum. Like, and it, it's very much like, uh, I don't know, it's, a, it's, a, it's Bitcoin back in the early days 
like you know people was bought this, it for pennies and was this the ico price did it did they work the thing right because no when, it came out when the trading opened it was 3x off of the lows i think it was like 25 or 33 cents and then it oh. bottomed at about one dollar so can you um, see the little so, building down here so, uh, good old Brian, and I didn't do it on Polo, I was on, I'm on Bitterix. Maybe a Bitterix trip looks a little different. Uh, but uh, I loaded up here, and what I seem to remember was that after the ICO, they literally brought the market right back down to the ICO level. But is that correct, 0 .002? Yeah, that, that was an ICO. No, it never got to ICO levels um, oh, when it okay. launched, uh, at least pretty damn sure. <laughs> Whatever it's worth, that's where I'm And, you know, you guys, yeah. you remember that? I don't know whether you remember that time. I remember you giving me a hard time, Brian, when I quoted you and, and I said I was buying it. And uh, you're like, oh, so you can't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but I was buying it a little early. It definitely went below my buy before going and rocketing up. Um, but, uh, no, right. I, I was watching it from the launch. And, yeah, it was good. I think, if anything, what we, you know, uh, you know, viewers, you want information that you can use, right? So we really try to drive home this reload zone concept. And really, guys, this is actually a really, really good example of all this. So, you know, big, uh, big run up. And I, you know, what was really interesting was this is right off a beautiful GAN angle. That was beautiful M short there. Um, and if anything, you know, I've, I've often talked to people about this, about deciding trade location. Is it really a good idea if we're heading into one of these green boxes to be hunting shorts? It's actually pretty dangerous. It seemed to work relatively well through here, but of course, oh boy, you know, there's the other side of it. I think, guys, you know, especially viewers, if you're watching this, if you do your fibs, um, what was really cool about this is, you know, we just do these reload zones front and back. And in essence, as price got up into this area, that was the area that you could consider shorting, right? Right in there. Um, and I think this is really, you know, this is a great, you know, working off of higher time frames. It's a great keep you honest tool. So when we got down into here, and I heard people talking about shorting this, I'm like, you know, is that really such a good idea? You know, at the very least, maybe just temper your uh, bearish enthusiasm and let price get out of here. Frankly, I didn't see this coming. Um, you know, at most, you know, good old Brian and his reload zones, I was looking for a nice rally into here. Um, and if anything, actually, this is really cool because what I often find happens, actually, this isn't the best example, but what I often find happens is if we do a reload zone like this and the market breaks out, we often actually have to come back on the other side and revisit that. And this becomes a fantastic consolidation zone uh, on the other side of that. But that's not the case here, so that's irrelevant. Hey, um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt here. I have a quick update. Um, Rob just informed me that livecoin.net is now available on Coinergy. Figured I'd add that in. Thank so you, Rob. the exchange code is going to be time? live. Uh, you're gonna have to refresh the browser before it shows up. Okay. I'll, um, I'll you do don't that want to your stuff. So, okay. Yeah. E -H, uh, boom. Okay. Um, so what do I see right now? Market is making higher highs, and you could argue that maybe there were bullish bot setups uh, that came in here for those that trade uh, trend continuation. 
something like that. Yeah, so 33, no more than 66. Oh, that's doable. And then we'll clone that. I think if I'm not mistaken, though, this guy ran up, hit the stop to break even level, and then crapped out. Let's take a look here. There we go. Um, so, uh, bullish blotters. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, you can see the double bottom that's set up here. So if you were like, yeah, I'm a total bull man. Yeah, there's a bullish bot. Let's try it. Let's go. Let's go. I kind of think that it might have been an idea just to play the market structure breakout on anticipation that this thing would confirm the 25 level. And I don't think that that would have been too outlandish. Um, at the same time, though, do you guys remember ETC was doing a bullish bot ahead of ETH? Do you remember that? On the whole talk about ETC getting an ETF. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so many acronyms. Um, and then what was really weird was as that ETC bot hit its target, then it was funny. You literally saw the ETH guys were like, hey, hey, hey they're getting a fucking ETF. We want our ETF. You know yep. That? <laughs> and that was this route, right? That's what sparked all this. But then that whole talk just died. It just totally fizzled. Um. There's some big name ICOs that happen too, uh, like that raised a lot of money, or not money either. You can call that money. Oh, interesting. Uh, but, yeah, which, which ones are based on Ethereum Classic? Yeah, there isn't anything on Ethereum Classic at this That's point. Ubik has, Ubik has more functionality or uh, use cases than uh, Ether Classic right now. Uh, I don't know what Ether Classic is really doing at the moment. There's two companies working on it. I'm trying to interview the one. Um, Gary Silbert loves it. I know the only thing I've heard is a monetary policy and a new client, Britain and Scala. So, like, rather than having uh, GoLang as one language that Vitalik side works on, and then there's Parity, which is a Rust implementation that uh, Gavin Wood is. So, like, you have the two founders of Ethereum, and they're both working on different implementations. Ethereum Classic's like, well, we're going to do our own. Um, but I don't see where the money comes from with that, you know? Like, it sounds like a lot of money spent on nothing. Um, and it just gets forked over to ETH in the end. So, uh, yeah, right now, I think uh, from the Ubix side, I would say our main competitor would be Ethereum Classic. But it, there's just not enough devs to build everything in the space right now. So we're not really in competition. I mean, I'm just trying to understand what's their value proposition. Why should I buy Ethereum Classic? Is, oh, they're getting an ETF. <laughs> like, is that a reason that more the public will be buying in the future? I don't get it. I, I don't even understand why how they could justify an ETF. It, it just seemed like a conversation out of left field. <sighs> so there's a yeah. guy, Barry, Barry Silbert, who is a very well-known investor in the space. He, he funds a lot of notable projects. Uh, he never got asked to fund Ethereum Classic or to fund Ethereum. So maybe he kind of feels left out, like, you know what, oh, I'll show them. And it's like, uh, I'm going to take over the Ethereum Classic, and then I'll have my Ethereum. I'll, I'll do the ETF for that. So, and it, there's a lot of notable Bitcoiners, too, that I think are kind of backing it because they like the immutability. So in a, a lot of ways, it's literally just them trying to screw with the, the traditional Ethereum. Like, there isn't much more use case than that. Hmm. I guess what I noticed was, um, and this is the bullish bot that I was uh, talking about. Like this, this whole trade, in my opinion, was on the ETF talk. And as soon as what it did, and this is really cool about the bot, 
is uh, do you notice how this level, this AB equals CD level, notice how the market blew past here, and of course, who's buying up here, all right, good old public. And notice how this doji is right off this harmonic level. And this, what letter of the alphabet is that? That's a damn M, right? So what's ironic is, you know, this is actually what we call a PRZ in harmonic circles of potential reversal zone off of this AB equals CD. And this is the reversal off of the PRZ. So this actually became a huge sell signal right there. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> so there's a bullish trade that we, uh, you know, touted. And I think a few people on the site took it. Um, I, I can't remember. I don't think I traded this one. But uh, they were all happy campers. And I found it fascinating that right after that, I had people say, okay, well, it's, it's, it's a new bullish pot coming in here. And I was just like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. Um, does it really make sense, and especially if we look at something like ETC off of this range, does it make sense that actually as we got into uh, the original uh, wick here, uh, that if you were a bear, look how that's set up perfectly. See that reloads on there? It's just ridiculous. You guys have heard me talk about candle bodies uh, and peaks right there, right? That right there. See that right there? Uh, this was just a monster level. And look at that, eh? So I got the funny feeling that whoever was ramping this up, they were actually ramping it up into a shorting location. <laughs> Isn't that awful? So I, it just seemed odd to me. Why on earth would these guys have an exchange traded fund? Didn't make any sense to me at all. So, oh, anyway, yeah. it's. I think it's, if anything, it's, it's, this is a good example of a trader's trade, right? I mean, this was a trade mm -hmm. setup. It fired. There was a fundamental story that drove the story. And once you hit this objective, you better have gotten the fuck out of it. And like I said, it, you it might be like Ethereum's, uh, uh, it'll be Ethereum's Litecoin. It will be their testnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, eh? Now, if you yeah, didn't uh, to buy this thing, can everybody see the nice W that did develop down here? And there's the level. And if we do a reload zone off of the top, what do you think the line in the sand probably lines up with that pretty nicely? Hey, let's see what happens. Oh, not bad, eh? You can see yeah. there's the old original breakout level. You see that cute little tail right in there. You want to work some cheeky bids. See if you can get some real panic dumpers to come in against these lows and see if you can pick some up in this area down in here. Okay, sorry, um, we went off topic there. We were originally talking about Ethereum, but we were talking about ETHA. And it was such an interesting, compelling trade that I wanted to mention it. All right, so back to uh, ETH. Um, you know, I talked a moment ago about sort of anecdotal evidence, internal signs that there's trouble. I really don't like the fact that they took price to new highs here, but do you see the volume by their bars? They did not go to new highs. Remember we talked about that earlier? And you, you can literally feel the bulls are sort of, uh, they're kind of falling to sleep here. That's dangerous, right? Remember we were talking about Bitcoin earlier and we said, as long as we see higher green bars, that means the bulls are still around. And we're starting to see the, the bulls sort of disappear a little bit on Bitcoin right now. Well, same sort of thing on Ethereum. And you see the very noticeable M in our OBV indicator. That, my friends, is a very bad sign. I don't like the look of that at all. Can you see the M's that are developing in the MACD histogram? And you notice that they took price to new highs here. <coughs> Pardon me. 
Um, new highs. Uh, it should be green, shouldn't it? But the MACD histogram did not go to new highs. Uh-oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, there's a guy on Twitter, uh, Crypto Cryptics, I think. Uh, he posted a really good chart where he, he, he said he'd been following Ethereum starting a downtrend right now, and he kind of drew a nice channel uh, of, of this downtrend, and it seems to be more confirmed. So maybe, yeah, they are planning on, you know, selling the news with the consensus uh, the mm. conference that's happening. Um, yeah. So there were potential bullish setups. Uh, the model that I like to trade for continuation had a level hit that you should move your stop to scratch. And if it craps out and comes back down to this 25 level, you should just hop off. Um, and that's basically what I'm counseling people. I think this is just too risky to be long right now. Um, and of course, you know, if we do re, you saw what we did with the uh, ETC reload zone. I really wanted to try and go and hunt value here. I'm probably going to be thinking about, you know, being a buyer against the 200 period moving average. That seems pretty logical. Cute little uh, doji right in there. There was obviously a big battle right in that area right there. And I suppose, you know, that brings us, if we go reload zone, that brings us back down into this old traffic area here. Um, I suppose we could also even maybe just do a nice little trend line off of these lows. Well, maybe something like that. Look at that. You can sort of see, you know, you always hear me talking about three reasons for a trade, right? Just trade location, trend line, reload zone, 200 SMA, old highs. I can start to see a trade location developing down. So, all right. And if anything, I think what might happen with that developer conference kind of thing is maybe we do something like this, right? Big up, um, neckline, head, neckline, shoulder and then eventually down to there, right? Something like that. That's probably what I'd be looking for going forward. Especially um, so with those momentum indicators looking as bad as they are. If they start, you know, and it's actually interesting, there was one coin that the momentum indicators were looking really, really bad. And I even put out a tweet, I said, fuck guys, clean this OBV up. And they actually did that today. <laughs> so I was very happy to see that. Um, but. As long as we're seeing M's here, oh boy, be careful, people, please. Do it for Brian. Be careful. Do it for Brian. <laughs> hey, well, I think we can probably. Here. What do you think? Shall we call it a night? Yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, thanks again, Brian, for everything you do here. It's always enlightening. Did you um, enjoy that? Was that a winning value? It was excellent. Um, I know everybody in the chat also is very thankful. Um, so is there some place that we can find you, Brian, when you're not doing this show? Uh, yeah, I hang out in a cupboard. But I want to show you that. Um, this is my site. And actually, this is our – I love this. This is such a fucking cool site. <laughs> this is our demonstration. Will has seen this literally from day one. We started with 500 bucks with people, you know, following appropriate risk management. So people harassing us and bugging us about our really, really small bets. But in essence, over the past two and a half years now, we've slowly built this up to more than a 20-fold increase here just in raw Bitcoins. Um, and just a staggering uh, return in, in converted to uh, currency. Um, this is what we do. We are traders. I just run this model. It is a very specific model that's actually geared towards the public, little old lady. Um, so, you know, this is a message to the audience that, hey, 
anybody can get rich playing this game. It's it, you don't have to be Mr. Hot Balls to the Wall leverage trader. Yeah, we got off a pretty big trade here on Wave today. I was pretty happy about that. Um, I can see Alex is inspecting. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? No, I'm zooming in on it right now. Oh, so you bought some APX. Nice. Uh, you bought some yeah. of the crowd sale from you, Vic. Um, well, where is that? Is that uh, that's actually down here? It's the blue blue piece on the top there. Oh yeah. So these are our recent trades. Jeez, uh, that was a, I guess that was a week or I'm two. I'm surprised. Ago. I didn't I didn't think your fund would buy uh, ICOs. Why not? And besides, oh, you're behind it. Half of the reason why I bought it was because of you. So you yeah, better not no, like you have, you have <laughs> trading within your trading. It's great, you know. Like uh, yeah, and if anything, right? The whole purpose of this portfolio for the message from day one is: What do I want to be long? Do I want to be long Bitcoin? Do I want to be long Ubik? Well, sure. What do I really want to be long? I want to be so long. Is that what crypto. the purple is? Crypto, right? I want to be long yeah. crypto. Um, so you know, here we are. Got about 154 coins right now, and <laughs> just keep adding. Um, but anyway. Well, that, I sort of off topic. I apologize. We're kind of tooting my own horn, but but I'm so uh, proud of the hard work that we do here, and we're also educating people, which I absolutely love. Anyway, this is our home, rationalinvestor.co. I'm not quite sure why it says home test too, but anyway. Um, and you know, uh, actually, what's really cool is some really well respected names in the crypto community have endorsed us. Um, from what I'm hearing. Uh, from people like Alex, he's actually saying that there are other people in the community that are feeling like we're doing good work here. So uh, this is where you can find us. Um, we are next school term. Uh, if you are interested, we're taking reservations for the fall. Uh, but I was just I, I was just stampeded this spring. Frankly, I was shocked. Um, interesting challenge. So all you students who are watching this show getting ready for next week, this is going to be a fun ride, guys. <laughs> but uh, always PMA, you know, play from a position of strength, trade from trading plans, risk management, you know the whole thing. Uh, that That's what I do. That's who I am. All right. Uh, that's deal. my sales pitch. Uh, right on. Um, I'll try a minute right to say uh, if you guys enjoy, you know, the platform that Brian's using, obviously, coinagy.com. Check it out. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, just one thing I wanted to let you guys know, um, you can get 15 bucks um, if you refer a user that ends up becoming a subscriber. So definitely check that out. You can go under your preferences to find your referral link. And yeah, uh, What you have to do to sign up is you go coinagy.com slash block talk, and then, yeah, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get the best service. It will run slightly faster. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, let that slide. We'll let that one slide. Hey, out. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what, what just happened there? Something uh, just happened there. Yeah, no, Coinagy, yeah, you, you, uh, you, you have some great tools for traders, and, Brian, you're providing great services, uh, like, in financial literacy, as people need to be more well-versed yeah. that way. And Alex, if you want... Uh, Alex if used you, that term recently. That was yeah, and fun. if you like the you know some the financial literacy you get with Brian, but you want to learn a more technical literacy, you can watch uh, my channel Block Talk. So YouTube.com/slash Block Talk. Uh, also on Twitter, I'm Block underscore Talk. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to understand what the hell is going on in this space, just like the rest of us. And uh, if you want to come along for that journey, suggest any coins for me to interview, you know, send the developers my way. If you have a project that you're looking for some 
advice on. Um, I do well, provide that as well. You just said TRI coin, right? Or a token yeah, yeah. Network. That ticker's already taken. That's triangle coin, but uh, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll find one for you. We'll do a... Uh, uh, TRI.ca. Uh, or, or TRI, whatever, whatever you prefer. Find Boy, the ticker, Brian, and I'll make the token. Yeah, no, and so so the the audience. What's really cool is is Alex is going to use me as a guinea pig. So, but, and he already did the uh, APX, right? That was the name of it, right? Yeah. So we have so, two tokens you know, on the network now. Yeah, really, I'm watching how that, and that's why I took a big chunk of it too, is I'm watching it to see how uh, how how that whole story evolves, and that's why I asked you earlier how how it was going with that. Well, we can. Uh... We can talk soon, Brian. I'll have, yeah. have you on the show. Maybe we'll discuss yeah. what your token will do. Same with yeah. Coinsy. We, That's a good question. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> what is the use case? What is the fundamental story? Why should I be long, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the cool part about it is, uh, I mean, I, I just can't. I can't believe the growth of this silly old. I know. I know. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, everybody relax. Everybody calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much for watching. And I got to get in the, the traditional don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, we try to do this show every other Wednesday um, at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. No idea what time it is in Europe right now. Um, or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in Hawaii. Not sure. But uh, definitely like and subscribe. I'm waiting. Go ahead. It's right over here somewhere. Click that button. Click subscribe. Now I'm that guy. Anyways, thanks for watching. Right. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Toodles. Toodles.